Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I am your host, Holden Sudder, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Oh, Holden, it's good to be recording on a Sunday afternoon once again. I missed you Sunday afternoon recording. I did, yeah. This is a lot of fun. It's a lot more convenient than uh, just doing it after work (laughs) (laughs) on a Tuesday or whatever. Um... Yeah, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of Predator, the original 1980s action film, as well as the new action film Bullet Train. With Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That one movie podcast. (laughs) Tomp. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the toms. Let's do the toms. The toms! The toms! The toms! The toms! Tom's is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Sweet Olden, what are the trailers for this week? Uh, So first off, uh, we can talk about the new Andor trailer. Uh, This is the new Star Wars TV show, of course, that's coming out at the end of September premiering with three episodes but the whole season's like 12 i think right i don't know that's a good question i think it's like 12 because i think we had uh, we had previously talked about that like they're doing two seasons total of like 24 episodes or something so i guess that's assuming they split it evenly anyway what do you think of this trailer jimmy gosh darn holden it looks good uh first off i'm just a sucker for coruscant um so anytime i see coruscant i'm just gonna soak it up i am also a fan of uh pretentious sounding british actors so we got Mm -hmm. a few uh the crown uh actors on here uh one of them being the guy who also plays kyburn in game of thrones got some other people you got stellan skarsgård is he he look i guess he's like an defecting imperial or something i think it's like he uh is some sort of high-ranking imperial and he kind of is being disillusioned but he's not completely good i don't know he seems like an interesting character i mean the whole idea of a defecting imperial officer has been (laughs) really beaten to death by disney but somehow this seems refreshing uh, if that is indeed what he is, I actually don't know. That's what I'm just assuming from the trailer. He, yeah, he seems to be a driving force behind the creation of the rebellion, and uh, he seems like a fascinating character, Cassian mm. Andor. I mean, I have not seen Rogue One since it was in theaters six years ago now. Jeez. So, um, I remember thinking, okay, he's the guy. <laughs> so i mean if they flesh out his character it looks good uh it does seem like a big scope for this story so mm-hmm. i i like the idea of kind of pulling the strings um behind this empire you have a man on the inside you're going to be in the belly of the beast uh in the senate which we hear in a new hope is been um dissolved mm-hmm. by the by the emperor um 
So I'm excited to see Imperial Coruscant, uh, something that we have not seen in live action. And I really haven't seen in any sort of medium. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I just find that to be a fascinating thing. Um, yeah. So, yes. Um, Mon Mothma's there. Oh, yeah. Many <laughs> Bothans died for me to stand on this hovery circle. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Visually, it looks incredible so far. Um I, I, as I mentioned at the previous trailer, I enjoy the use of the real environments in this, um, and the CG that they use looks pretty flawless. Yeah, t- I would say, except for the, well, the one of the first shots of the trailer where the Star Destroyer is in the sky, I don't think that looks real at all. Okay, I guess I don't remember it. Um, it it's like the first me? like big CG shot of the trailer. I okay. just... I. I don't know. I just didn't think that looks real, but the rest of it looks great. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree. Very yeah, good it's. I I think it looks like the most promising of like. I mean, everyone says they want like a boots on the ground kind of Star Wars movie or like experience, and I feel like this looks like the most promising one yet. So, I just want a, a Star Wars movie that takes itself seriously and yeah. is more mature. Um. And this looks like it could be it. I just hope they don't Disney plusify it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Saw, I mean. Saw Guerrero was there. <laughs> what? What's his line? He's like, "Save the Republic or save the Rebellion, <laughs> save the dream." I will says. run no longer. <laughs> <laughs> Dies for no reason. <laughs> I need to go to Walgreens as I have run out of toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, did you hear like the Tony Gilroy quote who's the showrunner of this also Mm. basically probably directed (laughs) Rogue One um, because of uh, what's his name got what's his name the the Godzilla guy who was directing it and then got fired oh I didn't realize Tony Gilroy came on and did like the rest of it oh yeah he did the whole reshoots he basically made that they okay. even make they even do a boys thing. They reference it in the boys when they're like, "This is the whatever cut," but we just hired Tony Gilroy to come in and do the whole thing or whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you rewatch season three, episode one of the boys, you can get that joke now. Um, gosh, what is his name? That's killing me. Um, looking it up, it is uh, Gareth Edwards. I was yeah, Gareth. I was gonna say like Garth. I'm like Garth Brooks. He directed <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Um. So uh, d- anyway, Tony Gilroy had this quote where someone asked him like, "Well, was it hard for you to like write this prequel knowing the fate of these characters already?" He's like, "Well, we're all living a prequel because we're all gonna die someday or something." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <"Well, laughs> Okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was amusing. I'm going to give this trailer a Brokaw, Holden. I will as well. Brokaw from me. Uh, the other trailer, this was a bit of a surprise one that came out of nowhere this week. Uh, the Banshees of Inisharan, or however you say it, some Irish thing. Banshees of Inisharan. Yeah. Um, this is the new movie by, what's his name? Martin McDonough. Yeah, Martin McDonough, who previously did three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, in Bruges, and Seven Psychopaths. All movies yeah. I quite enjoy. 
I really liked Seven Psychopaths, um, yeah. the most of those three that I remember. I've only seen each one once. Mm-hmm. But this looks like in Bruges too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's it's reuniting uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. So, except um, what is the plot of this movie? I, Brendan Gleeson just doesn't talk to Colin Farrell anymore. Yeah, like I, I looked it up, and I think the Wikipedia synopsis just says something like, like two friends, like or their relationship is met, or like shaken or whatever. When one of them just decides not to have a relationship with the other or something, I don't know, something along that line. So it's I have just a like, feeling I'm not gonna like this movie, unfortunately, because I do really enjoy his other three films. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I mean it definitely seems like it's going to be the slowest out of all three. Like because all the other ones have some element of like suspense or whatever, but this is um, it really just seems like a drama. Although it is listed as a comedy drama, so I don't know. I I just have a feeling I think this is going to be slow and boring. <laughs> so. Um, I'm going to give it a Bergeron simply because I like Martin McDonough's other three films a lot. Um, and I like Colin, uh, Farrell and, and, um, Brendan Gleeson. So I don't know. I just was like, I watched it. I'm like, that seems like it is just nothing. Like there was just nothing to hook me on to anything in that trailer other than Mm -hmm. the names and the actors. And I'm like, if I remove those things, I would not want to see this movie. So. Stacy Ehrman Trout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll give it a Brokaw. I mean, I'm I'm a little interested. I, I kind of agree that this doesn't look anywhere as engaging as his other three, but I'm interested. I'll probably watch it. We'll see when it comes out. If it's we'll see. Good. See what the reviews are, even if they're good. I just, I have a feeling that I might like, appreciate this movie but i don't know if i'll enjoy this movie might would be love a, to be wrong might be a drive my car situation <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully it's not as long yeah um yeah anyway other news uh first of all let's dive into what the heck is happening with warner bros right because <laughs> our weekly segment what yeah. the heck's going on with those those dc folks and, and i mean their, yeah uh, thro- overlords <laughs> three weeks in a row because two weeks ago we were like well um they just didn't have anything at comic-con and then last time we talked a little bit about batgirl we've got a little bit more about that and just some more stuff anyway what the heck is happening batgirl uh the ceo um of warner bros discovery uh about batgirl and the cancellation said we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready we're not going to launch a movie to make a quarter and we're not going to put a movie out unless we believe in it the objective is to grow the dc brand to grow the dc characters but also our job is to protect the dc brand and that's what we are going to do so it was bad (laughs) is that what i'm getting i guess movie bad i mean yeah there's um I was kind of seeing some stuff about like the like test screenings and they just seemed like it was like fine. Um, Some more cynical individuals on the Internet are theorizing that it's more of that. They just want a tax write off. But I don't know. I don't exactly know how that works in the film industry, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Okay, look, the the potential positive here mm-hmm. is that there's a quality control 
and maybe we're going to get not as much content out of Warner, but high quality content. That would be the hope, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, especially DC, which has just been a crapshoot of, <laughs> is this going to be good? Is it not going to be good? There's no, you have no idea what to expect with the DC movie. Exactly. Um, so I know he said like they're gonna try to do the Marvel thing with like a ten year plus plan or something. Yeah, that's uh, that was the next thing I had was that yeah they said they have a ten year plan that they have early stages of working. So, but look, okay, if you have a great ten year plan, awesome, mm-hmm. and it sounds like they're committed to quality, but at the same time, those are just a bunch of buzzwords, and. Let's. I need. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Let's see it. Let's just see it happen. And um, I mean, it'll be a lot easier to evaluate what's happening here in five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Did it work or did it not work? So I'm just gonna say Bergeron for now. In the moment, it's really puzzling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, I don't know. But hey, they seem to have some sort of vision going forward. But then again, Warner seems to reset their vision every year. So I, yeah, we'll find out. I, I see. I'm mixed on the ten year plan thing and the mar- them trying to be Marvel because I think their best movies as of the last few years are the ones that just like are vaguely in the DC universe, but there's not. It's not like uber like super connected like Marvel is. Like you, like you can kind of shuffle around in your head the placement of these movies, but it like continuity doesn't super matter, and I kind of like that. Like I kind of was hoping that's what they'd continue because I like then you weren't having the Zack Snyder kind of failure they were having before. I don't know. I think I'll give it a Bergeron that whole thing. Um, but anyway, also with uh, Batgirl, though, uh, the current DC Films head, Walter Hamada, apparently almost left like the company after the film was canceled. Um, and like, he was having a lot, he was having like a lot of uh, uh, like, I think personal issues with this. I think he was like very excited for this movie, but um, a source close to him has said he's pausing. The decision has not been made to make this adversarial yet. So I, okay. I don't know what's happening there. Um, and also, in relation to DC, the CEO also said that the Flash and Aquaman 2 are not going to be shelved. So we are still getting Ezra Miller Flash movie. Okay, yeah. Of all the movies you're going to just shelve, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. The Flash is the one you should shelve. Yeah. I, At I this mean, point. I mean, the Ezra Miller stuff is... If I don't know if anybody, if you have not been keeping up with this the last even couple months, it mm-hmm. is in like Ezra Miller probably should be like in some sort of uh, place where they cannot just go and do things because they continue to do very harmful things to people and they really need help. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't, th- if you're talking about brand quality control, mm-hmm. why on earth? Would you come out with a huge movie that <laughs> that uh, features Ezra Miller? It just seems like you can't you can't shelf Batgirl when you haven't shelved uh, the Flash. Yeah, it and just I, it that that <laughs> just seems insanely hypocritical. 
There's no way that they're going to continue working with Ezra Miller after this Flash movie. Like, I don't, I don't, I do not see that happening. And so, in addition to that, the fact that you just probably will not have Ezra Miller in the future, you also have the fact that I don't, they're not going to have Ezra Miller to do the marketing for this movie. (laughs) Like, you're not, like, Ezra Miller's not going to be able to go on talk shows and, like, and go, I don't know do various social media stuff that a lot of actors typically do you're gonna have to rely on like michael keaton <laughs> or something <laughs> like, i don't know <laughs> yeah so uh, there's this guy who i guess he runs pretty fast yeah so that should be pretty cool to see i bet <laughs> and, the, and not only and you're gonna have these other actors that are doing the promotions and they're just gonna have to like probably not comment on Ezra Miller's actions at all like yeah it's what just, are you gonna do like how are you gonna do any of that mm-hmm. I, just, <laughs> I just I so the CEO is saying that I still think there's a good chance it's just not going to happen like I think unless somehow like some miracle happens and like Ezra Miller comes out and is promises to get better or something and i don't know that does not matter ezra miller has done horrible things no i totally agree but i think i could see warner bros justifying continuing going with it if like ezra miller does something i don't know i insane to me i just like (laughs) just uh (laughs) i don't know i i whatever i again I'm far enough away from the situation. I should just probably keep my mouth shut. Um, it's just, it's just, it seems hypocritical from the outside that they would shelf yeah. Batgirl and not shelf The Flash if they're talking about quality control, believing in a movie, and their brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. going to say Bombadil, Warner Bros. I'll also give Bombadil. Uh, more Warner Bros. stuff, though. I had also mentioned last time about the Scoob movie. Apparently, that was... According- okay, first of all, apparently it was being written by Paul Dini, who is, like... <laughs> a Batman writer. <laughs> yeah, the Batman writer. Like, wrote the Arkham games. Yeah, so, <laughs> right? like, a- accomplished good writer. But he came out on Twitter and said the movie was literally 95% done and was, like, ready to be released this winter. What so- the heck? <laughs> I mean, not that I was clamoring for another Scoob movie, but that just like e- that seems like even more of a case of like why not just release it. Also, I'm kind of more interested in it if Paul Dini is uh, the writer. <laughs> Paul Dini sounds like the the favorite writer of the Jawas. Yeah, Paul Dini. <laughs> Paul Dini. <laughs> um, sorry, that was what was going on in my brain there uh, with all this Warner Bros. <laughs> stuff. Uh, just weird. I mean, even if you are like, oh, we're going to be about quality control, all this stuff, why not just release these movies that you have in the pipeline mm-hmm. and then start that? Yeah. I don't. It it does not seem to make any sense, but, uh, boy, you assume some level of competence and... and high up executives in a giant company like that but who knows holden yeah I had to, you would think um yeah uh, also uh, apparently the hbo max and discovery plus are fusing into one streaming service net coming next summer 2023 um i 
I was also reading, I mentioned this to you yesterday, they're thinking about just getting rid of the HBO branding on the service, which I feel like is a big that, mistake. That would be a, an awful mistake to make. HBO is the brand you would want to keep. Yeah. People associate HBO with quality and nudity. <laughs> and what more do you want from a streaming service? Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, people people know what HBO is. There's a, that brand recognition. It has a connotation. Moving away from that would be a, a major mistake, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And in all the shakeup stuff, um, HBO Max has also just removed a bunch of like original movies that they've made. Um, and I do have the list here. Uh, Moonshot, which is apparently the most recent one. I think that just came out in like April. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Charm City Kings, Locked Down, um, The Witches, Super Intelligence, and An American Pickle. The Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> I forgot about that movie existing. I did too. So then, have these movies just ceased to exist? Then, like, can you even get them anywhere? I don't think so, because I don't. I think they were just streaming exclusive on HBO Max. So I don't think like you can buy like rent it anywhere. That seems like such a slap in the face to the people who made those movies, mm-hmm. including <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just seems like bizarre i i guess we like we've been talking about quality and control a lot with this i guess like the none of these movies i think i mean american pickle i think was supposed to be okay but the rest of them are like not that great from what i understand but still like you're just removing them from the service and like now no one can access them i'm sure there's people that like like the robert zemeckis witches movie like now they just can't watch it anymore Seems anyway. bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, final thing about Warner Bros. before we're done with this whole bit uh, is apparently Warner Bros. movies are no longer going to be streaming 45 days after theaters, and it's now going to be looked at, at on a case-by-case basis. Okay, that's fine with me. Yeah. I figure that seems like a natural progression after as the kind of pandemic thing has died down. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give Warner Bros. a bombadil. Yeah. <laughs> again, evaluate again five to ten years. But the Ezra Miller thing is, the yeah. like you said, it, if you don't just can the Flash, it, it, is, it has got to be some sort of cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, for them to want to keep it going. In order for you to justify <laughs> this. like Heck, even if you're that confident in it, just remake it mm-hmm. literally just put in someone else pull uh whatever that movie is that had um kevin spacey replaced with Ke- christopher Plummer, whatever that was <laughs> yeah remember that just do that with uh someone else yeah or uh, they added tony not tony gilroy um uh the well god take nataro in uh oh army yeah. of the dead yeah so just <sighs> boy Sorry. <laughs> the Ezra Miller thing gets me worked up. They yeah, no. Should, they should not be in anything right now with the things they have done. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, um, I'll i give it all a bombadil as well. I think also for me another thing is is HBO Max is, I think, my favorite streaming service currently. And I just do like... 
I don't want them to screw this up in like the whole merger thing, whatever they're doing. I'm worried if, they are. If they f up House of the, if they f up Game of Thrones, I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> Not literally, but but figured. You know. But literally, but <laughs> but I should be suspect number one. Yeah. <laughs> also, the guy's like, I almost quit. C- who cares? You either quit or you didn't quit. So don't like almost quit. Wow, great, congratulations. You almost <laughs> did something. Um, I don't. I don't care if you almost did something. Either do it or don't. That's what I say. Cool. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. Classic. Um, anyway, other actual news we have. I guess this is also kind of Warner Bros. I guess it is literally Warner Bros. But Joker 2 um, is got a release date October 4th, 2024. Prime and reward season for that year, award season in that year. Uh, Production is going to be starting in December of this year. And also Lady Gaga was 100% confirmed to be in this movie. And it takes place at like Arkham Asylum, I guess. Oh, does it? I guess I, I saw that. See that bit, but. Um, golly. Fine. Bergeron. Bergeron. Yeah. Um, I will give it a Broca. I am very interested to see what a musical Joker movie is. Again. The, I'm trying not to be cynical, but I, I, there is a, there's an inherent instinct in me that wants that movie to be a catastrophic failure. But... But it's a catastrophic failure we will see. <laughs> <laughs> but I should just want things to be good so everybody can be happy. Yeah, Jimmy, cheer up a bit, jeez. Yeah. I'm Can't wait so till we sadistic. get to our Predator review. I bet you'll be really cheery for that one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, other movies coming out in 2024. Uh, the Chris Pratt Garfield movie. Uh, is apparently coming out February 16th, 2024. It is going to be going up against a currently unannounced Marvel movie. So, oops. Um, I hate Mondays. <laughs> I hate Marvel. Um, Samuel, did have we talked about how Samuel Jackson's in this movie? I don't know, Holden. I okay. can't. I can't remember all the Garfield news we've covered. Yeah. Well, uh, just uh, reiterating, Samuel L. Jackson is apparently also in this movie. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Garfield? <laughs> I, I I don't care, Holden. I hope it comes out the same week as the Marvel movie, so we don't have to see it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna see it, Jimmy. That's gonna be on my must of the year list. No, it is not. <laughs> I why hold on we need some good news I the too much negativity this week okay What's well the good we do news? we do have some good news uh so the Daniels Jimmy yes we know them we liked everything everywhere all at once uh but anyway their next project is apparently going to be a half hour comedy pilot uh for Showtime produced by A twenty four it's going to be called Mason. And apparently it involves Stephen Yun. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't see for sure if he if Stephen Yun is going to be acting or just producing. He is a producer, um, but Stephen Yun and also stand-up comedian Nathan Min. Apparently, Mason is a surrealist comedy based on Min's real-life experiences revolving a quiet man named Nathan, often misheard as Mason, who is looking for a connection in a loud world. Alrighty, sounds interesting. Yeah, it's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Guess <laughs> I'd have to get that. 
Bergeron, I guess, for me. Um, yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. I'm definitely interested to see how their next stuff turns out. Uh, and the final bit of news I have this week is uh, that Patton Oswalt just like... <laughs> randomly announced on the today's show that uh they have announced there's going to be an eternal sequel and chloe zhao is going to direct it there we go that movie that both of us liked Mm -hmm. so there we go good but a lot of people didn't like oh i think a lot of people are wrong yeah i do too yeah it'll be interesting i mean i'm i'm honestly a bit surprised that they're moving forward with a full sequel for it because it wasn't like a very successful movie i don't know if it was a bomb or anything but it's it definitely didn't earn a ton especially compared to other marvel movies so i don't know i mean i guess cool that marvel's still wanting chloe zhao to you know give her vision for this or whatever but i'm worried that it might (laughs) might bomb or something yeah i'll be bergeron here yeah uh i'll give a brokaw excited for a second eternals movie uh, yeah. But that's it. Is there any gaming stuff, Jimmy? Oh, gosh. I don't Forget. know. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. So, uh, If we missed it, we can talk about it next week. Yeah. All right, Holden. Should we review a movie from the 1980s called Predator? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's do that non-spoiler review coming at you right now. All right, Jimmy. So um, we had talked about doing Prey this week as well, but we kind of decided since next week there's not really anything coming out, we'll do Prey next week. And so then I, I suggested to you, I'm like, oh, you know, you haven't seen the original Predator movie, so we could do that this week since we had did Better Call Saul earlier in the week, and we we don't like just doing one thing. That'd be no. too easy. We, yeah. we want to challenge ourselves <laughs> for this podcast. Um, but yeah, so we decided to do that, went over to Jimmy's house yesterday, watched Predator, and then immediately went and watched Bullet Train, double feature Jimmy. Um, but yeah, Predator is an 80s, from 1987. Okay, yeah. Um, directed by John McTiernan, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, obviously about the Predator alien, which is now very famous in pop culture. Um... But yeah, it's considered a classic of the 80s. Jimmy, what'd you think of it? I thought it was boring. I thought it <laughs> I thought it had a lot of good ideas in it. Like the predator design. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of it. I thought this movie was just boring. <laughs> it's a lot of just walking through the jungle. The score is horrible. It is. Maybe the yeah. worst film score I've <laughs> ever heard by the legendary Al, um, Al, wait, Silvestri. Alan What's Silvestri. This? Alan. I said Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> Alan Silvestri, of course, did one of my favorite scores ever, Back to the Future, in addition to other things. Um, the Avengers theme. Yeah. It's got that going for him, too. Uh, this was terrible. It is just people <laughs> walking through the jungle of some vague place in Central America, and it's boom, boom. And it's just intense when nothing is happening. Yeah. It, uh, a lot of the effects just don't look very good. The best part of the movie for me, outside of just the ideas, 
Like I like the idea of the predator. I like mm-hmm. the idea of the cloaking and the tracking and the heat vision and the little gun and the design. I like all those things. I like the concept of it. Um, but the stunts, I thought the stunts are great, especially mm-hmm. in the sequence in the first act where there's just a million explosions going on. Yeah. Um, that was all great to see. Um, otherwise, I thought this movie was pretty terrible <laughs> in the terms of the execution of it. Yeah. Um, so I had seen this movie once before. Um, and I didn't remember the score being that bad, honestly. I just, I honestly didn't remember it at all. And I know, like, some people, like, really like the score for this movie for some reason. Like, they, there's, I think there are some musical themes in this that, like, are reoccurring in the series. But I wouldn't know that because this is the only one I've seen all the way through. So, cannot clarify that. But, um... Yeah, it's it is just really bad. It's okay at points, and I think it gets used better as it goes on when things are actually happening. I agree, but but <laughs> the beginning of the movie, yeah, the in general, the first third of this movie is extremely boring. Uh, maybe even first half, um, and also just like it is hard to tell what anybody is saying. Because it's just a bunch of mumbling. <laughs> yeah, we we turned on closed captions, which which helped a lot. Although they were also inaccurate sometimes. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The first half, really, the the only thing it has going for it are, as you said, the stunts, uh, the big stunt sequence, which happens about twenty to thirty minutes into the movie. Um, that was great. Um, the I think the the dialogue is pretty bad, but it does have a lot of cheesy charm to it, which I'm more susceptible to being wowed by than you, and I know that. But um, I see the cheesy charm, I was fine with. Mm-hmm. It was more just the horrible acting when there wasn't any cheesiness to it. That's when fair. it was when it was taking itself kind of seriously, and I felt this film was really inconsistent because a couple times Arnold Schwarzenegger would just be like making some cheesy joke during an action bit and that's that's fine Mm -hmm. but then other times it's like ultra serious and he's like oh my gosh life and death and just all these things and it just that the tone seemed very all over the place yeah there are a couple there's a female character in this who literally like does not do anything (laughs) she's just supposed to be like a a an attractive damsel in distress I will s- does not do anything. <laughs> the one thing I will say about that, though, um, and I this is not really any props I'll give the movie. It's more of just I was amazed this didn't happen. But they didn't like they weren't just like misogynistic towards her. <laughs> like, I was kind of expecting that since this is like a macho bro movie from the 80s. But there's it's not like they were just like, you know, being sexist towards her, or like creepy towards her or anything, really. It was just uh, she's just a woman, whatever. Yeah, um, boy, she did not. They, she yeah, served she no purpose. She did not serve any purpose, though. You're she right. did nothing. She hardly said anything. She didn't do anything. She's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought uh, Arnold was pretty terrible. Uh, I see. I, I I enjoyed Arnold just because like 
I, I kind of talked about this after the movie. I feel like he is really only good as, like, the Terminator. And that's just because he, like, the purpose of that is to not show any emotion. And he's just supposed to be, like, this killing machine and stuff. So I think any other time he is, like, bad. <laughs> like, and I think then it's just, like, of a matter of if you find that charming or not. And, and But I think he is, like, a rare exception for me. And there's a reason why he was so popular at the time. It's because even though he is bad, he is just entertaining to watch. Yeah, but, you, like, he's entertaining when they just lean into it. Like, you know, either have him be kind of the more serious. Like, well, I guess when he was trying to be serious, it just didn't come off as serious at all yeah like i thought it was charming when it was trying to be goofy Mm -hmm. like i get that but then like you have so many moments where he's just trying to like have a serious line of dialogue where he's communicating something important and he just says it in the like he just doesn't sound like a person when he's talking he sounds like he memorized a line and he's reciting a line Mm -hmm. um and yeah. That that kind of does, uh, that also feeds into why I think the beginning third to half of this movie is the worst. Because there's like a weird thing where he and Carl Weathers, like Carl Weathers like betrays them kind of. But it doesn't, that doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> but it's like this, it's this big plot point. And first of all, the second time watching the movie and I didn't fully understand how it was a betrayal. Like I feel like that wasn't fully set up at the beginning of the movie. And then it just kind of happens, and Carl Weathers is just a bad guy for a bit, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is angry, and that's probably the worst bit of the movie for him, acting wise. Well, I guess it. I guess like a. It's not really a betrayal. It's just like I didn't tell you the full story, kind of yeah. deal. Like Arnold's like, you basically sent us out here to die. He's mm-hmm. like, well, I sent everybody out here to die, so I needed to save my men. Sorry for withholding the full truth and they're like okay fine (laughs) (laughs) you know carl weathers i thought was good i enjoyed carl weathers a lot and man is he also jacked (laughs) arnold and carl weathers are just so huge in this movie and i didn't realize that the meme of the them like basically handshaking i guess but they're yeah the handshake like flex arm wrestle thing (laughs) at the beginning Um, of the movie dylan you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) uh see that's charming but when it's just like he's trying to just say like oh you know these guys where there's the bodies it's just like there are guys here here are the bodies you know but it's like that had more inflection than he actually did (laughs) um what else I was gonna say it also like (laughs) even though he is this big guy which like I mean military men whatever yeah they're typically more fit than your average joe but he there's like lots of bits where he just like arnold schwarzenegger feels out of place in this military operation where he'll like be giving silent like like visual commands and it just looks like he doesn't know what he's saying (laughs) like it looks like the director told him exactly what to do and like he was still unsure of it when he was doing it it's it's pretty funny yeah um this movie just does not hold up in the same way as like Terminator, Terminator 2, Alien, Aliens, mm-hmm. uh, just some of those more classic movies from a similar era. And 
I just I think this is just worse than all those other movies I listed and I I don't think it's very close like the thing you know other like these 80s classic movies um I just think uh they have more entertainment value than this one does and like I said the ideas are there like I think it's a great concept I love mm-hmm. the design I think this movie has a lot of things going for it it's just the execution is isn't good uh, I think it I just think it was very poorly uh poorly edited especially. I there's just so many things that did not have to be shown. Yeah, um, that they did and it just just makes the movie a slog at times. And again, it just and the music is just so bombastic <laughs> when they're just walking through the jungle. I turned the old on like they're not even running. Like Maybe if they're running and there's high energy, but it's just like nothing is happening on screen, but the music makes it seem like I'm supposed to be like at the edge of my seat and I'm falling asleep. Uh, so just think, doesn't work. I think one of the biggest flaws that we haven't talked about is like there is so much of them just wandering through the woods, but there's like no sense of progression. Like we don't we have like absolutely no idea how close they are to any specific point. Yeah, they're not like, oh, we need to get to the top of this place so the chopper is going to reconvene with us there. Yeah. It's not like, oh, there's a mountain in the distance or some hill and we're get slowly getting towards it. It's like, yeah, we don't I don't know how close they are to the chopper. That's supposed to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Get to the chopper. <laughs> um I don't Yeah. I I just thought it was boring. I think the the biggest crime of this movie is that it's just boring for huge parts of it. Some of the practical stuff, like I said, it's great. Stunts, great. Effects, great. Designs, great. Um, pretty much everything else, subpar, um, which is too bad. Uh, but it does make me excited for Prey because I think Dan Trachtenberg is a great director. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see this concept done in the... With the modern technology um, in the hands of competent and capable uh, crew. So I think that's what we have. So I'm excited to watch that. And I'm expecting I will enjoy it much more than I did this. But look, if you have a lot of nostalgia for this, awesome. I can see (laughs) why people, like, if you were around in the 80s or you watched the screen, you were little, and it's cool. Like, the Predator's just cool. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean... the the design of the alien is is pretty awesome and i i was surprised even on the second watch like i mean i guess we could just, like, we don't we don't have to do a spoiler section for this cuz there's not a ton unless you want to we could just talk about everything uh yeah we don't have to do a spoiler thing okay um at the end of the movie when it like reveals its mask and stuff like the the like me, like mechanics or puppetry or however they like move the face in that sense it looks really great still i was like oh wow and that's only for such a small part of the movie that they put so much effort into um just all of that i i think works really great the the way the suit moves the design of it i i mentioned to you i like the shoulder cannon i think that's it's fun and still looks great but it's very creative from that angle yeah. Okay. So I guess we are we are gonna talk about spoilers then. Sorry, I thought you were just saying. Oh yeah. No, I was just saying. I think we should just fr- from this point we can just do. Full yeah. Spoilers. All right. So yeah. I think that minor spoiler. You kind of see the thing without its 
mask on. Yeah. Which is not a huge spoiler, I don't no. think. Most people know what I feel like most people know what the predator face looks like. Yeah. But, um Yeah. Um but <laughs> there <laughs> there's a shot in this where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger like falling off a cliff and it's like in slow motion. <laughs> It is like one megapixel. It, it is yeah, just... it is way it, That's that's something that's weird is I like in general the film quality, not even like the lighting necessarily, but just the 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 film quality, it like varies so much. Carl Weathers looks like his face has been airbrushed. Yeah, it does. <laughs> But only like sometimes it looked like that, like especially in the first scene he was. In. Oh yeah, like when he when he first showed up in the movie at the beginning, I was like, "What? His face looks way too smooth. It, it looks unnatural." But there, in certain scenes after that too, even when with all the sweat on his face, it was just like, I mean, maybe he has very nice skin, I guess, but it it didn't seem very consistent. It looked like editing or some sort of. It just looked like makeup. very bad Photoshop. Yeah, it did. Like you were trying, like like some person had just very uh, rampant acne, and you were just getting into Photoshop, and you just tried to clear it up. Mm-hmm. And that's what Carl Weathers' face looked like. Um. So what else am I gonna say about this? I movie. Uh, you got this. Like, seems like Stranger Things inspiration. Uh, mm-hmm. inspiration yeah. for Stranger Things. You have a dead. Uh. It's, soldier named jim hopper mm-hmm. and there's a lot of references to somebody named hawkins yeah hawkins is i think the radio operator shane black yep name. yep so yeah um, i just didn't i just didn't think this movie was uh was it didn't hold up in a lot of ways other classics did for me i think the and i still kind of stand by this i think the end fight between the two even though it goes on a bit too long i think it's the best part of the movie probably i and especially i think like from a lighting and cinematography standpoint i think it looks pretty good that whole bit i agree with that i do um, think yeah it seems it seems more competently put together at the end mm-hmm. it, and there's there's a couple shots i always think of with that ending like where there's the faraway shots of like the the trees are on the he like arnold schwarzenegger had lit those logs on fire and then you see like the predator up standing on that bridge thing like i think that looks fantastic and i lots of times think of that when i think of this movie but um but and then while there's that there's also like certain bits earlier in the movie where they're like wandering through the woods and the lighting is just very inconsistent there's a couple bits in this movie where it's just like way too bright <laughs> like like it's like glistening off of people's faces uh and it, it, was, it was very hard to see what was happening um this is a very sweaty movie too it, it is yeah <laughs> just some people just like their faces are water fountains. Mm-hmm. Just want to wipe them off. <laughs> There's that relationship between uh, the minigun guy and um, Mac. Mac, whatever. Mac those, and those two guys. Yeah. They're like apparently like best friends, but I like all I remember them doing is like, oh, here, you want a drink from my flask to remind you of home and. 
That's yeah, I honestly the only interaction I remember them having, and then it's like, oh my gosh, my best friend is dead. No, <laughs> oh. and he's like so distraught, and it's like this very like military sad overscore. You know, it's like <laughs> kind of like Daps, and I'm like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, I um, I don't. Unless they like had some interactions when they were first flying in on the helicopters, I just do not think. Aside from that flask interaction, they talked at all. I uh, otherwise, I just don't remember. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> the first, the first time that you see the predators cloaking is really funny. Like, cause it's like it, it's like moving in slow motion, and it just looks really bad. Like, it's dated so much. And I don't even think, like, the cloaking looks, like... I mean, it looks dated in general, but I don't think it looks, like, the worst after that bit. Um, after the first time. It definitely yeah, I, looks the worst the first time. Yeah. <laughs> the, ch- the choice to do slow motion for that did not age well. Um, what else? Uh, Carl Weathers his arm or whatever do we want to talk about that yeah he gets <laughs> shot off that's the, that was great when his arm gets like lasered off and then it still fires and then he grabs the gun with his other hand yeah uh, and in general a lot of the actual the practical like gore and stuff i think i mean it, it does look a little cheesy sometimes but it looks pretty decent uh that but arm- that's like the endearing quality of it like mm-hmm. that stuff is fun 80s action movie stuff when you find like the skinned bodies, those looked like really good. Actually, I th- I thought they looked yeah. like genuinely pretty great props. Yeah, um, they actually killed some people. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, but like I said, it just like it's just so slow. It doesn't. A lot of it just doesn't hold up. And you go watch, you know, Terminator, the first one, or Alien, the first one. And those films are just so much more entertaining and just so much better made. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, it makes me, like, this is considered an 80s action classic, but I feel like it's just not quite, as, it's not as widely beloved as those. And you can kind of feel that with, like, the energy of the franchise. Because this, I mean... This initially burned out after two movies. Yeah, the second movie, which came out in 1990, and then there just wasn't another one until that one we saw a trailer for <laughs> on the Blu-ray for this. Predators. Which like, yeah, Predators, which was 2010. So it's like people got like immediately burned out on this or something. When were all the Alien versus Predator movies? Oh, I guess yeah, that was early 2010, early early 2000s. So I guess those were in there. But, I mean, before that, you had, like, three Terminator movies. You had four Alien movies. Like, just didn't seem like the hype was, and like, filmmaking passion was quite there like the other franchises, I guess. Yeah. I think I've said what I could say about this movie. I'm going to give it, like, a five out of ten. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven because <laughs> I, I do enjoy this movie. Um, it is that's mostly from a, an entertainment perspective um, from a quality. It is much closer to your score. But yeah, again, like if you like this movie, I'm all for it. Like mm-hmm. there's so much cool stuff in this. 
and the idea of it is awesome. So I just did not <laughs> have the benefit of growing up with it or seeing it as a product of its time when it came out. So just from the, the does it hold up? I don't I don't think so if if it doesn't if you don't have some of the nostalgia for it. Sure. Fair enough. But I am looking forward to Prey. Yeah, I am too. And it's been getting some pretty good reviews. So it's very I can't believe the Predator became religious <laughs> and prayed all the time. Hence I was the think, title. After we watched it yesterday, I was like, oh, wouldn't it have been cooler if we'd watched both in the same episode and our episode was just Predator and Prey? <laughs> like, <laughs> that would have been a fun title. That's okay. Well, I'm always the Predator holding it and you're always the Prey. Am I right? Yeah. Yep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Holden, shall we talk about Bullet Train? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Bullet Train. Um, it's the new action movie starring Brad Pitt, directed by David Leitch. Leitch. Leitch, I think is how you say his name, who I did not realize before working on notes. He was Brad Pitt's stunt double for a while. Oh, I think I have heard that, actually. He was like his stunt double in Fight Club and stuff. Which I have. I still haven't seen Fight Club. I really need to watch Fight Club. Yeah. So I guess I I can see why, like, Brad Pitt had a little showed up in Deadpool 2 and now he's directing a full movie with him. But anyway, um. New movie, new fully original action movie. Uh, it kind of follows Brad Pitt's character, mostly is codenamed Ladybug, um, as he tries to uh, pull off this heist, uh, uh, this small heist on a bullet train in Tokyo. Um, All he's got to do is steal a little briefcase. Hold on, how hard could it be? Yeah, how hard could it be? I mean, there's a two-hour movie, so... I think that answers your question for you. Um, but yeah, got lots of fun side characters. This is a movie that is bound to be a good time. Jimmy, what'd you think? I had a ton of fun, Holden. Uh, I had very middling expectations going in because the reviews were mixed. And I... Look, I, I the biggest criticism of this, I think, is that there's just so much going on at points. Mm-hmm. And it's... and it the end kind of goes off the rails <laughs> bullet train um look i agree with that i still had one heck of a fun time with this thing i thought yeah. it was just like david leach leach however you pronounce it had this vision he executed the vision this is like he made this movie it appears exactly how he wanted to make this movie mm-hmm. and i thought he completely uh, owned it. I thought he just did a phenomenal job executing his vision. I thought it was a wild time. It goes at such a furious pace. This thing just flies. So much stuff happens in this two-hour movie. There are <laughs> there is so much uh, like cutaways and flashbacks, and it's just Jeez, yeah. it is high energy constantly, um, and it's not exhausting. I think for the most part. Maybe a couple times where it's like, okay, I don't think I needed this little tidbit or that little tidbit. But overall, it works really well. It's not a flawless movie, yeah. but it was uh, so much fun. One of the most fun 
uh, times I've had at a theater recently. For me personally, um, I do I did eventually enjoy the high energy. I felt like the first twenty, maybe even close to thirty minutes were pretty unfocused, though. For me, um, it just kind of felt like there was a lot of character characters switching to other characters, switching to flashbacks to other flashbacks. Like it didn't really feel like the, it was there was much consistency there, and. Um, even though I did like a lot of the elements that were, you know, shown in those bits, it just kind of felt like it took a bit to get its groove for me. Because um, I felt like as it went on, it got a little bit better with that. But um, in general, yeah, I think the high energy does work in its favor because it is like a relatively simple story. Um, and like everything that's going on is relatively simple. But it's a two-hour movie so <laughs> the fact yeah. that it has a high energy makes it ne- it doesn't r- really make it feel like uh it overstays its welcome too much no uh and like you said it is simple like the character motivations are simple brad pitt just needs to get this case someone mm-hmm. else also needs the case or they need to protect this person or this person wants mm-hmm. to kill this person like there's not really much beyond that for these characters there's just a lot there's a lot of characters and a lot of stuff and a lot of reveals and uh yeah it's it, a pr- it's a pretty thoroughly woven web of like different motive of different simple motivations that makes it a little bit more complex than if it was just like one or two of these characters yeah and i think it works because of that and it's high energy and you're like there's a little bit of an a whodunit element to it mm-hmm. um <laughs> I just I just thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun and I told you Holden that I'm a sucker for a train sequence so when an entire movie is a train sequence I'm gonna be a sucker for it yeah and I also <laughs> just think Brad Pitt is just great yeah in this film pretty much everyone is but yeah Brad Pitt um we talked about it a lot yesterday but we just he's just someone who seems like he really enjoys acting he's always a lot of fun and whatever he's in so um yeah he's he's great in this. But, I mean, you even have the side characters like Aaron Taylor Johnson plays Tangerine. Um, Brian Tyree Henry plays uh, Lemon. Their dynamic and, was great. Yeah. Too. I, they were probably I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed them. I didn't I didn't expect to like them so much as side characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they were, they were great. You have Joey King. Um, uh, I don't know. A lot of other people. Some actors that I don't remember the names of. Bad Bunny is in this movie. El Muerto. Yeah, and uh, a lot of other surprises for people in this movie, I would yeah. say. <laughs> uh, but we won't uh, say any of those until uh, we get to spoilers here. Um, but like I said, I, I, it just seemed like a lot of people had fun with this film. There's a lot of physical humor. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the action was just fun to watch. It was creative. There's some great kills. Uh, there's kind of a recurring bit with like Brad Pitt's character is just like supposedly just really unlucky and he just kind of doesn't want anything to do with any, like he just kind of wants a nice simple thing to happen and all this like uh, all these uh, shenanigans are happening around him and he just kind of wants out and I, I found that to be a, a great through line mm-hmm. yep but uh, yeah I the, the, it was high octane energy throughout the action was fun to watch it was creative um you could it it was like they have this different stops i felt like the movie was building 
it kept building. There were great like red herrings, yeah. uh, characters that you thought were going to be really important, and they just die <laughs> right away. <laughs> um, just that sort of stuff. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was never not entertained by this movie. Yeah, and um, it, even it though, great. yeah, even though it's not anything super complex, like or like groundbreaking in some ways, it you never really knew where it was going. Like I wasn't, (laughs) it always just felt like I I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen next. As you said, edge of your seat suspense. Yeah. Quite enjoyed it. Um, what else is there to say? Non-spoilers about this movie. Um, I don't know. It's good. Maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. I just (laughs) say like, yeah, look, if you like um, kind of bombastic action comedies, um, then you'll like this. Oh, I guess what I could say, um, the as you said, is action comedy. A lot of the jokes do work. Um, I was, you know, kind of worried going into this that it might be like <laughs> supremely unfunny or something that. You just and not all the jokes land. I mean, hardly hardly ever does. But I think it's funnier than it isn't more often than it isn't. Yeah, yes. and I think a lot of the physical there's a lot of physical gags in it, mm-hmm. which I think wow. work out a lot. Yeah, um, there's a lot of Brad Pitt fighting with the briefcase, which is really funny <laughs> for some reason. He does that seems to be his weapon of choice in this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> if we're thinking about movies that take place on trains for the entire thing, well, how does it rank up? We got, what, Snowpiercer, <laughs> you got Murder on the Orient Express, you got Polar Express, <laughs> I there's like a Denzel Washington one, I think. Oh, yeah, Unstoppable. Uh, Unstoppable, which is a movie I saw and do not remember at all, so it can't have been amazing. Uh, I think there's a, probably a Liam Neeson one, <laughs> the Commuter. Or the, yeah, I was gonna say the Commuter. <laughs> Never that saw one. that, but I think this is my favorite movie that exclusively takes place on a train. I think I like Snowpiercer more, but yeah, aside from the other ones, er, I think I like this one more than the others. Definitely more than Polar Express. That movie sucks. <laughs> Even though did Tom Hanks did all the acting? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say, what was, oh, yeah, if you're a person, you're like, man, you just watched The Gray Man on Netflix, and you're like, man, that just didn't quite do it for me. I think this is a better version of The Gray Man, where it's just like, it's the same sort of concept. You got your action movie with some jokiness in it, and this one's just way better executed and more entertaining and more original. I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say this is a better version of that just because I don't think, aside from it being an action comedy, there's a whole lot of Well, yeah, okay, so it's like story-wise, they're completely different. But, yeah. like, I'm just, like, this, the same vibe. Like, I think they were both trying to go for the same vibe, and I think uh, this movie does it a lot better than The Gray Man did. Yeah. They're both constantly just throwing things at you. It is, yeah. But I, I didn't get tired of this movie like I did The Gray Man, so. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would highly recommend it. Holden, what are you going to rate it? Um, seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'm going to go eight and a half. I just really liked it. Um, I thought, like I said, I just thought it, 
it was what it was trying to be. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just didn't like what it was trying to be. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that impacts the quality of the movie. I think there's a couple parts that you could have taken out um, that were not extremely necessary uh, or kind of messed with the pacing just a little bit. But um, I just thought it was just a, a, a good time. And uh, yeah, I, I would watch it again in the future, which I, I can't say for a lot of movies, even ones I, I uh, like the first go around. So without further ado, Holden, let's dive into our spoiler review. All right, so uh, spoilers. I, the the biggest thing to spoil about this movie by far is the the amount of cameos in this movie, which is not anything I was really expecting. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's uh, pretty much everything. So this movie starts out, you know, it's going. It's got a lot of people you may recognize from other things. Great, cool. Um, and then at one point, just Channing Tatum shows up, <laughs> which that was I that was that caught me off guard a lot. I think Channing Tatum is very funny, um, and his little bit in this was pretty good. I thought much um, better than his bit in Free Guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, you have Sandra Bullock shows up at the end of this movie. Um, spoiled by one of the trailers so some of you may already know that she's in this i definitely did jimmy did well hope hopefully they do because they're listening to our spoiler segment oh yeah that's true <laughs> um ryan reynolds has got to be the other big one. Oh my god yeah i was waiting to save that one for last i couldn't think if there was any others yeah yeah karen fukuhara who's oh Kimiko yeah from uh from the boys i could swear that the guy who that opens up the briefcase and it blows up is David Harbor. I, I would bet money on it. Um, it, it does kind of sound like him. Um, plus you got the bald head and all that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we learn in the future that that's who that was. But as of right now, I haven't seen him in any listings. Um, yeah, the Ryan Reynolds one though was uh, it was very painful for me person like I felt like I was really enjoying the climax of the movie and kind of the the fun flashback reveal thing that it was going for and then it just showed Ryan Reynolds and I was like oh my god you and didn't I, do I, anything olden it's fine <laughs> it just took the wind out of my sails I'm not it's not even like that's not even affecting my score for this movie. I'm not going to like claim that, but I was like, I'm so tired of him at this point. And it like, and I think it also didn't help that like everyone in the theater cheered. And I'm like, I can't believe that everyone still likes Ryan Reynolds. Like there, there was, was actual funny. clapping in the theater. I'm like, Oh my God. I thought it was a funny reveal and he didn't hijack the movie. He literally was only in it for one shot. Yep. This so. is true. And then I thought about what if Brad Pitt's character was played by Ryan Reynolds? And I thought <laughs> I would not be enjoying this as much. And I do like Ryan Reynolds. I just think that his shtick has gotten really old very quickly for me. Yeah. He, I mean, he works as Deadpool for me. That's about it. I don't really care about seeing him in other things unless, you know, it's something different that he's doing. I liked him in the proposal when I saw it like 10 years ago or something. 
He is different. I, I've actually seen the proposal recently. He is not the Deadpool in the proposal, so he's okay in that. Yeah, I just don't want him to play Deadpool in every movie. Is that too much to ask? No. But, uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, like we said, Brad Pitt's great. Uh, what'd you think of the Thomas, the, the tank engine bit? I quite liked it. Um, I thought that, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. I mean, he was more in this movie more than I was expecting, so I just liked his presence. But it, the Thomas the Tank Engine thing didn't really overstay its welcome because I felt like I don't know. There was I, I thought it was a pretty good reoccurring joke. Yeah, I, at first I was like, uh, this is kind of just cringy. But then it actually served a like a plot. <laughs> it served the plot, so I'm like, oh, it actually works that way, and it sets up different elements of the story. So it worked better for me as the film went on. So I actually, by the end, it didn't mind it. And they were on, a, again, they were on a train. So it's like, ah, oh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. I like how people kept calling him Thomas the Train. He's like, it's not the train. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I like how Brad Pitt also knew who the characters were. He's like, I'm not a diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was funny. Um, and I just, I, I liked him having the stickers too. And I thought that paid off well with, with marking Joey King's character. Yeah. With the diesel. I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. Um, other elements I liked, uh, there was, there were a couple of really good kills. I liked the one where the guy got like his head stuck off, yeah. stuck at the top of the train <laughs> and just got his whole upper half of his body got taken off by like a sign. Um, going over the railroad um yeah that was pretty great i liked uh when the mascot who we later learn later is hornet played by the actress who plays domino and uh deadpool 2 like that she's mas- also the i forgot she's the quote-unquote love interest in joker oh really yeah didn't connect that yeah um when the mascot like takes the briefcase at first and then Brad Pitt just punches the mascot. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty <laughs> thought funny. thought that was pretty comical. Um, <laughs> Michael Shannon as the white death. Yeah, his, his, uh, he was another one that I, I knew he was in the movie. I didn't know like to what extent because I just saw him like, I think he was like his name was on the poster or something, but I had kind of forgotten. So when he showed up, it was, a lot of fun enjoyed seeing him just swinging a sword being gleefully evil the the white death son reminded me of jared leto <laughs> that's uh logan lerman okay who um he's in some things but one of the big things i remember him from is he was the percy jackson of the percy jackson movies he was huh yeah <laughs> boy that's too bad yeah He's doing better things now, so good for him. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, like I like you said, the tangerine lemon dynamic was great. Uh they were a lot more interesting than I anticipated them being. Uh they were in it more often. Everything with El Muerto, I kinda liked the false setup with him being a big character, he just dies. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt's like, I don't even know you. Just but I, thrown around. It was nice because that setup it was it was kind of a punchline or set up to a punchline with him dying so soon being the punchline but it ended up being like necessary because that wedding was very crucial to Brad Pitt's understanding of the whole situation like he would recognize oh yeah that was the the cake 
person from the wedding or whatever so yeah um which is funny again and you have the whole through line with the uh uh, I forget the character's name. Who's protecting... The, his son is Wataru. Yeah, I can't What's remember the, the, the character's name. but I, Yeah. The, he was identified I think as it's the just father. Called, yeah, the father. <laughs> um, I thought he was a pretty good character. Um, it was it was an interesting movie in the terms that they just like... Some characters would just get shoved off to the side for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I didn't mind it. Like sometimes it's like, oh well, I was interested in what was happening there, but I was just constantly interested in what was going on with all the characters. Yeah. So, and and it also kept you on your toes for like what it like. How is everybody connected? Who's who? What's going on? What do people want? Um, I liked that about the, the film. I agree. Yeah. Um, the elder character is was Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's in The Last Samurai, too, a okay. movie that I yeah. would like to see. Yeah, he's pretty great. He was he was good in this movie. He was even, like, kind of funny. I was like, he seemed, it just came off from most of the movie as, like, a very serious actor presence, and then he popped some good jokes at the end. Yeah. I liked the thing where he wants to, like, tell Brad Pitt a story, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very brief one. No, no, it's quite short. No, no, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the ending of this movie goes off the rails. Literally, it 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 just was too. It was like one thing too many or something. I for me, I don't. As I mentioned it to you after. I just felt like they didn't know how to end it after the train sequence. So like the last five minutes or so, like fine, the Michael Shannon thing being still alive. I don't mind that. Whatever, figured it was gonna happen. It usually happens. Um. And Joey King showing up, it just like all of these things that just felt like they just kept bringing back actors and like, oh, we deal with one problem, then another one comes. Um, and it all also this entire sequence. Oh, Blake, I hope you didn't mess up anything in the recording because he's trying to walk across my keyboard. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what the heck are you doing? Okay. Anyway, uh, is that, your, are you still recording? Have you checked? I your am audio? still recording. Okay, that's it good. Looks like we're okay. <laughs> if I <laughs> if the recording sounds weird, I apologize for that. Um, anyway, the whole like la- after they get off the train, I thought the green screen looked really bad. It just looked like everyone was standing in a studio and like reciting lines at each other. It was like the only point of the movie where I thought the special effects looked like truly bad. Um, but then the whole thing with like Sandra Bullock showing up and the, the car just gets crushed and I'm like, what, what is hat? Like they just do not know what they're doing with the ending of this movie. Like just end it already. Yeah. I kept feeling like, like just needs to end, but I don't know. It's my, I do like how, I like how in they, they brought back lemon in the post or in the mid credit scene mm-hmm. and that they didn't interrupt the film with that. Because that was like a little treat for those who stuck around for the mid credits, and yeah, that was nice. I like, and it didn't too. ruin the pacing, and it added to the fact that Joey King's character got run over by a bunch of tangerines. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else? Uh, I believe I've exhausted what I've wanted to say about Bullet Train. Yeah, I think. 
I have too. Very entertaining movie. I'll probably watch it again. Yeah. Uh, I think it is a lot better than the reviews suggest. I do too. Yeah. I think it's kind of being, I think it's being treated a bit harshly. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just the comedy. It doesn't land with everyone or something, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anywho, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, this week, I've been watching some things, believe it or not. One of which I just watched right before the podcast. There is a new Smiling Friends special that came out. I've been a big fan of that show since it debuted in January. But the new special was... It, it was funny because it was being really, really hyped up. And, like, pe- like Smiling Friends has this big fan base online now. People are really enjoying it. And there's this new special coming out. And it was very much a uh, defies your expectations kind of thing. It was it was kind of really stupid, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. And just how I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset about it. Um, so I enjoyed that. Movie-wise, uh, I finally watched Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, uh, I really like the first one, or at least I did last time I watched it. Um, i little concerned about going back to it that I might not like it as much as I used to. But in high school, I loved that movie. I liked the second one enough, and so I, I had never seen the third one, even though I was kind of excited when it was coming out, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's one of those movies. I, I, t- I mentioned this, uh, to someone I was talking to about it and I'm like, why, what is it with these movies that like is a sequel to a fairly carefree, fun, like light comedy movie, just shoehorning in like spy or crime elements <laughs> that like that happens more often than you think. And that happens in this movie. I'm like, what it, this, it does not fit into this movie well at all. But anyway, I don't know. Not very good. Would recommend the first one. Anyway. Uh, Then the other one I watched was a new, I think it's Paramount Plus exclusive movie, Honor Society. um, Which it stars uh, Andrew Rice, who was in the Spider-Man Homecoming movies as Betty Brant, who dates Ned in the second movie. But anyway. That's her and Dustin from Stranger Things. Okay. Um, and it's basically like this movie about she's this high school student who, you know, wants to get into Harvard and everything. And she's trying to get recommended by her counselor, her guidance counselor. But her guidance counselor can only recommend one person. And there's like four other people that she has to like get on top of and everything. And so one of them's Dustin and there's these other two. And so it's this coming of age thing about her trying to overcome them and there's there's an interesting twist to it at the end that i won't spoil to anyone who wants to watch it but it's it kind of starts out a little cliche but doesn't quite end that way there's a little bit of spice thrown in there that i wasn't expecting i enjoyed it enough it was fun um but in addition to that i've been playing ghost of tsushima I am in Act 3 now. 
Um, I fully completed the last two bits of the island, so now I'm just kind of doing the third island. Yeah, it's still fun. It's good. Um, yeah, I don't know how. We'll see how long. I, I think Act 3 is supposed to be the shortest one. Is that true? or is it? Sounds right. Okay. So I don't know how much longer I have on the game. I'm trying to figure. I've been like trying to think about what I want to play next after I'm done with that in the Iki Island bit. But we'll see. Um, and then Harley Quinn's still good. Watching the new episodes of that. And Last Man on Earth still good. Watching that. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've been doing, Jimmy. What about you? Uh, so I have um, played a little bit more of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Not a ton, but a little bit more. I uh, The channel Vice on YouTube had the series Icons on Earth, Star Wars, and it was pretty interesting. Um, I only watched the first part of it. I think that's the only part that's available for like free right now online. Um, it was really cool because they, they interviewed George Lucas's ex-wife who like famously like saved Star Wars in the edit. So there are a couple pieces of trivia relating to her that I found fascinating. I, I don't want to spoil them here, but like concerning like the fate of like major characters or the casting of certain iconic roles. And I think it's just worth taking a look at. Hmm. Um, if you're into that, again, the first like 45 minute part, I think there's two parts for A New Hope and then there's a, a part for The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But it's pretty interesting. Just I thought I knew a bit already about the creation of Star Wars and I st- still felt like I learned a lot and that a lot of it wasn't retread. If you've ever seen like the movies that made us on Netflix, it's a very similar style okay. to that um, in terms of the direction and kind of how it plays when you're watching it but again on youtube for free i think it's just interesting to take a look at if you uh, have any sort of interest in that otherwise i think that is all i might be blanking but i think that's all if i remember something i will let you know next week otherwise holden you can take us home okay uh, so next week we will be doing Prey on Hulu and uh, we'll be doing the, the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul as well, which airs tomorrow night. Very excited for that. Um, but yeah, aside from that, you can if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. All right, sweet. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.